This is the Championship Club Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Championship Clubs Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Hancock. Be joined in a moment by Charlie Beckett, just a little bit of housekeeping uh, to start the show off. We've been away for a little while. Um, tonight's show will be nausing only on the previous and upcoming rounds of the Championship. Lots to talk about there. Um, obviously, there's been a lot going on uh, in the game, uh, including the rejection of the franchise model from uh, Championship clubs, the proposed Premiership 2 that we've heard so much about in recent weeks. So we'll try and park that as much as we can this evening. Uh, there will be a, a State of the Game podcast coming soon, so look out for that. But in the meantime, I'll be joined as ever, like I said, by Charlie Becker shortly. But as it's Christmas, we do have a surprise. Uh, and I'm delighted to say it's a big welcome back to Pod Original, the one, the only, Mr. Ben Gulliver. Gully, welcome back. We'll uh, we'll talk rugby in a minute. Obviously, Charlie and I will discuss the the last round and, and the upcoming round in a moment. But but first of all, mate, how are you? How are you getting on? Yeah, I think you noticed earlier that the hair's grown back slightly. It did, yeah. <laughs> I'm fully into this manual um, brand and it's helping the lid, which is uh, both Six months off the piss, which is always uh, something I never thought I'd do. So I'm into zero life. Little experiment at uh, 42. Can I do a year? Uh, I'm actually really enjoying it. And as you know, everyone knows I have twins and that is uh, keeping me very busy and the new job's going well. But yeah, it's great to be back on. It feels like it's been, I don't know, it's been a while. It's been a while. I've been keeping an eye on the league, but um, I'm a little bit out of the loop, but that's natural. What's going on? But yeah, it's great to be back on, mate. It's good to have you back on, mate. I think you're the only person in history for their hair to get to grow back right when they have twins rather than to lose more. So you're looking well, <laughs> like I said, off air and, and you've told everyone now. But like I say, lots lots have happened. Uh, lots has happened in the in the league since we last spoke to you. I know me, me and you sort of touch base every now and again. Obviously, you know, Jersey winning the title now not being in the league any longer. Um, we, we're going to have a, a special pod on, on the state of the game, the lay of the land. But obviously in terms of the product itself is is primarily the rugby and there's, there's lots of good stuff and lots of good players out there at the moment. Is, who's been catching your eye? Um, well, last weekend was decent, wasn't it? Because um, I, think, I think before the league started, after the Prem Cup and you saw saw how well, how well Cov did and you're thinking, fuck, they're going to be, um, they're going to be pushing towards the top of the league. Um, and then they've, they've had a bit of a rough start to the season. Um, Harp, was it Harp, Harpbury put a job up? Did a job yeah, Harpbury, Harpbury, uh, yeah, I think it was close to 50 points in the end. And they, they don't lose, uh, I think um, we'll talk about it later on. I don't think they've lost a home for over a year now. So, yeah, for, and, and Harpbury had had a poor start to the season as well. So, yeah, Cov, uh, yeah, and would probably be pretty disappointed with that, mate. Yeah, I think for, for me, who's not fully like following it the league from the outside looking in it seems to be when the clubs that are partnered with the prem clubs have a good weekend so yeah the, the, typically you know like london scottish then they're linked with quins to go and do a job on ealing i don't know the players well enough to know how many quins players were in that team but from the outside looking in it looks like a quinn second team has beaten ealing but i'm not sure if that's entirely fair on the lads of scottish yeah, I, I, it's definitely a point. I, I think there'll be times when teams do catch others off guard. I think Scottish obviously had some some very handy uh, Quinns lads in there, but I think maybe arguably say Ealing shouldn't even be losing to to them at the moment. I think you know you look at what they did in the Prem Cup and went over to Bristol and and turned over a reasonably strong Bristol team at Ashton Gate as well. 
Um, but I, th- I think it, it it adds a layer of unpredictability about the league, and especially with that, you know, I'm going to talk again about that later on, but the fact that there could be that playoff um, from the top to the bottom uh, of the Prem, obviously. I think, you know, any anyone on their day has proved that they could they could potentially be at the top. You know, look at that Jersey result last year. Nobody, nobody probably would have thought Ealing would have not won, won the title. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, and that's that's always been the beauty of the league. Someone can always catch someone. Um, and it's good to see that still happening. Uh, the one that I do want to mention is Donny, because obviously Donny went well two seasons ago and there was a talk around them getting promoted in the ground and everything then. Um, and it's good to see them um, going well again this year. They they did a job on you guys down at, down at Pirates the other week, I see. Um, and that's, you know, a strong Northern team is, is, is good for the league. It's good for, you know, Bodes is a good bloke and a good, it's good to see Donny going well. And the top of the league's tight and that's great. And, Pirates, I know, I know I spoke to Paves this week regarding mall defence for, for Ivy Bridge Ladies. Obviously. We were, on, we were on the phone for an hour. Uh, <laughs> but it was a good chat and a good catch-up and understanding like how everyone's had to change their model to, to cut their cloth. And um, and that's always a credit to, to, the, to every club within the league is understanding that they're running a business and they're running it well. But on, their on-field stuff, is still as good as it's ever been. It's great. It's um, it's a, it's a good product, and it? it always will be. If you're the second, you're the second tier rugby competition in this in this country. You're gonna have good players in it, no matter how well it's funded or not funded, because people are aspirational and clubs are too. And you know that's that's really important for the for the growth, not for the growth, but for the sustainability of English rugby. It's just so important, and um, I'm, I'm glad that the. The traditional champ teams are, are doing well, as well as you, you know, your Col- Coldy has settled into the league now. Cambridge are finding their feet. I see they nearly, they, they nearly got a result at Nottingham. Yeah, uh, and you know, I know a few boys at, at Cambridge, and there's some good champ warriors in there. Um, and now, and you imagine now, once sort of January, uh, you know, January February time, hopefully they can pick up a win. No relegation right this year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a, they've got a a shot of building their squad, understanding the league and then welcoming in um, whoever wins that one. So um, it's quite an exciting time for the championship, thinking about it. I didn't really think about it too deeply until now. But if you've got a new team coming into the league, you've got a playoff at the end of the season, uh, there's going to be, you know, it's, it's a great place to be for a player. Maybe for financially it's not as good as it was, but there is something to go after. Yeah, I think we spoke about it off air and, and obviously we touched on it that we're going to have a pod on, on the lay of the land and I know you're very, very passionate about this league so we won't go too far into it. Obviously, there's there's a few things going on with, with the, you know, this rejection of the franchise model and, and that kind of stuff with the you know, the championship clubs and this Prem 2 that everyone keeps talking about. Just just briefly, what would you like to see happen? I know I know you've obviously, uh, like I say, very passionate and, and had a few radical ideas of your own over the years. Have I? Wow. The the thing is, I, I ch- I've changed as I've got older because uh, you know when when you're playing, you just want more money invested into the league. You want you and you don't really think of it so much. When I was in the league, the, the clubs were funded well, and as a result, players were paid well. Um, the product's better now than it was when I was playing, for sure, um, and the players are better. So the, it's just. Clarity. I think I tweeted when when I decided to step back from the pod that just just a, a path, you know, like what what is the championship's role within the the the, the whole structure 
of English rugby. Everyone seems to understand what that one, that two does. Everyone understands what the Prem does. What does Champ do? What is the Champ's role within that? And it and it needs to be funded correctly. Or, but, but I'm not saying like every. But funded correctly means clubs been you know open about their spending as well. I believe I think that needs to happen in the Premiership as well. So we don't see what happened to Jersey happen again. Um, and you know teams overspending and you know you even see it in Premiership football, don't you? What's happened to Everton who have you know they've um, they've been docked ten points. So a real clarity around the finances of the league. Will help, will help the growth of it, I think. Um, but you can't, we can't just keep saying, follow a French model, follow this model, because it's an English model. We've got to get it right for the English yeah. Championship and the clubs within it. Uh, you've got good people on the, within the, the CCC now, um, which is great news. There's some news coming out, which was always a, a bugbear of mine, which is great. And I just, I just hope, I, I hope for everyone within the league, the clubs especially that need the funding, uh, to operate, that they get some clarity by the end of this season, and uh, the clarity by that is like, what are we getting, and how do we move forward, and is there premise, is there promotion, is there not promotion, and how, how then for those clubs like Ealing that have the cash to go into the Prem, um, how do they get to go about doing it, and there's a process to it. I think that that'd be really, really helpful to know for everyone in the game, not necessarily yeah. everyone in the champ. We we look forward to that news with with bated breath, and like I say, we'll touch we'll touch on that as as the the weeks and months go on. But just coming back to to rugby uh, for a minute, a couple of your clubs, obviously ex clubs, I should say, in in the league at the moment. What what are your thoughts on some of them, and, and is there any sort of individual players that have caught your eye? You think have got a big future in the game? Um, former clubs in the league now, so we've got Carve, Amtor, Pirates, Bedford. Um, anyone else? I think that's it. That's about uh, it, isn't it? Just the four. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Amtor, I always keep an eye on Amtor because I've got, I've got really fond memories of my time there um, and it's the end of my career. So, I just like the fact that they're, that they're steady in the league now. I mean, Mark Laffrey, when I joined the club, was, was dreaming of the championship. And that's the thing about the championship. Clubs that aren't in it want to be in it. So, like, that's, that's great. And it's good to see Amtor doing, doing well. I think... Um, What's his name? Morgan Morgan Strong is going well. He's now now their captain. Yeah, I know his old man. I went to Bermuda with his old man, and I think he's he's, he's putting in stellar performances week in week out for Emtor, which is great. Um, I see there's a Bracken on the team sheet as well, so I'm assuming that's Kieran's lad, Charlie uh, Bracken. Yeah, that is that's Kieran's son. Yeah, yeah. Really so well. they're, they're obviously working that Sarri's link well. Um, Tommy's working his magic. Um, Pirates. I'm pleased for Pirates because I was a little bit worried, like. I'd, I'd set it off record just with everything that's with the with where it's located and the, the, the location of pirates and the money, not the money issues, but the the uh, the ground share and now the, the football clubs now moved and there seems to be a bit of stability back at pirates and with a lot lot younger team, but with a great coaching staff, they're doing well. They sit fourth. Bedford, you know, Bedford, and Bedford, Bedford have got their model dialed in. They've got some good players. Bouge. Bouge get married next summer. Fucking hell. Got right into that. So looking forward to that stag do um, when I'm back on the beers. But yeah, Bedford, uh, you know, I think Bouge has been going well. And I think his defensive coach role, um, from what I've heard, he's, he's, he's doing a pretty pretty stellar job. So um, good good for Bedford. They've got the, they get the age demographic right. When, when they've got the right senior players and the young group from, from Saints, they can beat anyone on their day. 
And who have I left out there? Cov. I always Cov. forget Cov. It was so long ago. It was 20-odd years ago that I played for Cov. Um, I think they'll turn it around. They've got good enough players, good enough coaching group. They've just... Uh, I don't know what's happened over the last few weeks. It, it may it may be the, the start of their season last weekend and everyone has to reset a little bit. And, you know, I want all my former clubs to do well. So I'd like to see all those four in the top four. But um, And they obviously... Ealing, Ealing have got Billy, Billy 12 trees play, and they've got, they've got Stardust everywhere. Um, so they, from the outside, they should walk it, but from, from what people are saying from on the inside, maybe not. And there's some fucking, so I was going to swear, some fucking good rugby teams that could turn them over. So, um, and there's something to play for. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah. If you've got an opportunity to play, which will be Newcastle, um, in the playoff, like they're not going to win a game in the Prem this year, by the look of it. Um, and you've got Ealing, Donny, who else is third at the minute? Nottingham, sure. Nottingham, yeah, Nottingham going very well, playing some really well, sort of a, a Bedford 2.0, if you like them two facing off at the weekend. We're going to talk about it later on, but all the Jouet, eh? David Williams, uh, friend of the pod on, on the other week, unbelievable, just scoring tries for fun, cheese. Jeez, that's the thing, It's great, isn't it? It's great. It's like when the chat highlights come out and you see, oh, it's going to be a Nottingham try, there's going to be a Bedford try, and then it's who else in it? <laughs> and then Bedford walk the walk the vote. <laughs> Where's that? They got a social following. You got you got. Uh, up again. <laughs> we won't say too much about that. My, my feelings are, are are well versed in that. Just just before we we wrap things up, mate. I suppose uh, we touched on most of the clubs there, but what, I just sort of ask what you think. Or, you know, your prediction for how the season will pan out and, and what you'd like to see happen with the league. Well, I predicted Ealing to win last year and Jersey did it. I, I, I haven't actually mentioned Jersey and that's a shit. You know, what happened there? You, I know you guys have spoken about it in, in, at length, but I just hope that's, I hope all the other clubs are in a good place and that we yeah. don't see any more, more fall because it's, um, it's brutal, isn't it? It's like you lose your job with, with nowhere to go and everyone's spent their money already. So it's, uh, it's, it's a tough gig for some of the lads out there, so I do feel for them. Uh, but back to the prediction of the league, Ealing are favourites. Donny, Donny look like they're going to be in the title fight to the end. I think Cov will come good. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, and then I'm hoping Cambridge come a bit stronger as well and start to uh, to battle a bit more in the league. And they look like they did that last week at Nottingham. So, there's good guys at that club. Um, so, yeah. And I think... You know, Bed Bedford could play a big part in it. Whether they could finish top, questionable, but they could definitely play a part in it. Gully's predictions are back, everyone. We'll uh, we'll obviously have uh, Charlie's predictions for for the upcoming week next week, and and later on the show we'll talk about that. We might even get some guest predictions from Gully. But mate, has Beckett played a game yet? He hasn't. No, he's he's uh, he's he's waiting in the wings. He's waiting at the wings in. Uh, at the Trail Finder Sports Club, and he's and he's looking uh, looking at Ampdale's mall defence. So he's uh, he's in the shop window, mate. When he when he comes on, he's on later, isn't he? When he comes on later, um, give him some stick about that because uh, I, I imagine he's like the biggest pad going, just trying to knock shit out of people just so he can get himself a game. <laughs> but it's good to see him back in the country. It looked like he had a good time in uh, in Australia, and uh, yeah, good good on him for, for taking this on as well. Yeah, he's in he's in the shop window for, for all good podcasts and for, for all good mall defenders. But Gully mate, great to have you back on the show, bud. And uh, yeah, don't be a don't be a stranger. We'll have you back on soon. All right, cheers, mate. 
As ever, though, we are joined by our very own Charlie Beckett, an utterly bonkers last round in the Championship last time out, mate. And we'll get into that shortly. But first things first, how are you? And uh, and how close are we to seeing you back in Championship action? I am very well, thank you, mate. I'm good. Um, battling on through training. Uh, it's never the easiest when you're not playing. Ask any player that. But as said uh, many times in the podcast, I'm very looking forward to be at Ealing at the moment. Um, and it's incredibly competitive squad. So... At the moment, I've just had a little shoulder niggle last few weeks that uh, would have kept me out of contention anyway, but it's very, very competitive, a lot of good second rows. Um, so we will see, hopefully soon. I was just saying to you off air, like obviously I had a big old year last year. I had 44 games in the calendar year, calendar year August to August last year. So these three months or so of rest have been quite nice, but my last game was the back end of August. So we're now, we are mid-December as we record this. So I'm itching to get back out there and start hitting some rooks and malls with some venom again. So um, hopefully soon, mate, hopefully soon. We're looking forward to seeing you uh, get back out there, mate. Like I said, bonkers, uh, bonkers last round. I think it picked up quite a bit of social media traction, which is obviously very good for the league with with how things are at the moment. Can't start anywhere else other than other than your boys at the moment. A, a shock, one of the biggest in recent times in in the champ. I think Coldy probably have something to say about that from last season. But London Scottish turning over Ealing, nineteen seventeen, last kick of the game. Alec Lloyd seed, absolute mega spuds. That must have been a, a sickness for you boys. You'd have never been. Uh, expecting to lose that. Yeah, so so first, as you said, in the whole wider um, round, it was my absolute worst performance on predictions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, we had the Coldy Bedford game called off, so I'm not going to take an L on that one. I think that would be a bit harsh, but I went one from four on the remaining fixtures. That was good, that was mate. a tough round for me. That was, that was really tough. I had people not calling good. for me to be fired. <laughs> um, but getting back to the most serious matter at hand, um, yeah, a huge, huge, huge result um, for London Scottish. And you have to start there as much as we'll talk about Ealing and what we did or more importantly didn't do in a second. I thought London Scottish, having watched the game back, were absolutely phenomenal. The ferocity, the physicality, the energy they played with was, well, we spoke about it in the week, was far more than we brought on the day. And you you get that right 90% of the time, you'll win a game. And like you say, the, the absolute cojones for the kick at the end to go and win it. But you cannot begrudge London Scottish all four, four of those points in the slightest. Um, even if we had been playing at our best, it would think it would have been a good game, a tight game. And it shows the quality London Scottish have. Um, you look at their result against us this this week, winning, uh, and their two-point tight loss to Donny, who was second the week before. It makes you think that London Scottish are maybe more a little more serious contenders to be not down the bottom than, than they were last season. So, Huge, huge amount of respect and kudos to London Scottish. Uh, I thought they were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, on the flip side, we were nowhere near uh, where we need to be. It was uh, a really, really poor performance uh, from us. Uh, we're not shying away from that. And it's been a long two weeks now, uh, training since then, as we get ready to face your boys and the Pirates this weekend and hopefully put a performance we can be more proud of on the pitch. But no, um, massive, massive credit to Scottish, but uh, we need to be a whole lot better than that moving forward. A couple of other, you know, slightly mad ones, certainly one of them. We'll talk about them in a minute. Just sort of put you on the spot a little bit. Take your your Ealing hat off for a minute. If you say, for instance, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not there in a week or two's time, you know, as a, a neutral for this league, I mean, they're, they're the kind of results you probably w- want to see in terms of making this season a competitive one. Because now you do have a, a Doncaster side that are, right in behind it. We've seen that they've gone to the wire with them in a, in a title race before. We we want, as neutrals, not, not you know, in the in the current camp that you're in, but we want that title race, don't we? You know, there was a lot of shouts for the, 
you know, the Elin were going to run away with it. And one of the sides that we expected to be pushing them all the way, we'll talk about it in a second, they're, they're not quite adding up yet. Yeah, so as you say, with my Ealing hat on, I want Ealing to get 100 points, for uh, 25 point wins and walk the league. That's obviously not happening. So then I put my, if I put my Championship Clubs podcast on for the for the view of the Championship, I think a lot of us were worried when Jersey very sadly went out of business uh, at the start of the season, that as much as that was shocking and awful for Jersey, for rugby in general, it was actually a real, real hit for the Championship because it looked like there was going to be no title race this year. No one looked like they were going to be competing with Jersey and Ealing like they weren't last year. And now without Jersey there, there would be no competition. Come two months into the season, that absolutely does not seem the case. There is, I think at this point, two or three points between Donny and Ealing at the top. You've seen Scottish. Scottish, the bottom club, beat the top team, run the second one very, very close um, a week ago. And I think you look at the other results from last week, everyone's beaten everyone. So from a purely neutral and wanting the league to do well point of view, I think the results the last few weeks have been excellent for the league. With my Ealing hat on, I hate it. I hated every single second of that Scottish game last week, but can't disagree with you on the fact that for the league and for the excitement, everyone knows any league you're in, you want a title race. That keeps it exciting. People have a reason to watch. People have a reason to play. So, yes, for the league, brilliant, but for Ealing, not not what we wanted. And talking about that title race, you know, one of the one of the teams that we talked up in pre-season, we, we talk about every week, um, they do have it in them, but it's the second surprise loss of the season for Coventry. They obviously were turned over at Ampdilla, ground that they do struggle at notoriously, but a real, real eye-opener at, at the BPA to, you know, Hartbury 47 points, nearly nearly a half century there. And, and you know, 47-29 was the final score. And I don't think anyone would have seen that come, probably not even Hartbury. No, I think it's a, that, not more shocking than Scottish beating Ealing because it's top versus bottom, but it's almost up there because... I think it was something like 14 months since Coventry had lost at home. Something ridiculous like that. So they were on a hell of a run at home. They just absolutely tonked Donny 51-7 the week before at home. Absolutely tonked him. We're looking like absolute world beaters. I think the most surprising thing was, I think I'm right in saying that 60 minutes, it was 29-28 to, um, to Coventry. I think they were ahead at, at yeah, the was, hour yeah. mark. So to go from there to a heart beside who... I think it's fair to say we'll have been disappointed in their performances so far this season, maybe flat to deceive a little before last weekend. For them to then put 19 points on them at the end and run away and almost put 50 on Cov at the BPA, that's unheard of. So that's a, And it's maybe gone a little bit under the radar because of the Scottish result, but that is a huge, huge, huge result for Hartbury and a real blow for Coventry. Because as you say, they have now lost two games in the league that they would have had down as expecting to win. Like They always struggle at Amptel. I've played in Amptel sides that have beaten them at Amptel when we had no rights to because Coventry have had that monkey in their back of at Amptel. They shook that last season. You would have expected them to go and get a win there. They lost. You would have absolutely expected them probably to get five points at home to Hartbridge, for being brutally honest. They come away with one. I think they scored the four tries to come away with one. Yeah. It's a real big, big hit for them. Now, if they want to get back in this title race, they're going to have to go away to Donny, go away to Ealing, and get these wins now because you've got to go and get the points somewhere else. So a huge, huge, huge result there for, for both clubs. Um, talking of huge games results for both clubs, I got my prediction wrong for your boys game last week as well. I thought after coming off the back of their poor loss to um, Coventry the week before and with the way you boys have been playing down at, at them, and I thought it would be a, a win for Pirates, but um, obviously not to be. What what happened down there last weekend? Um, <clears throat> I, think, I think you're... Fair enough in, in that prediction. I mean, obviously, like I say all the time, we're always confident uh, ahead of home games at the minute. Um, 
it, everything that could have gone wrong did, including uh, including the kickoff for the for the game. We 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 made an error, we made a, a knock on from the from the restart of the game. Um, Doncaster scored. I think pretty much we kicked off. They they made a line break. They scored. Um, the the crux of it is you can't give good teams fourteen point starts home or away. Saying that, we did get back into it. I think it was seventeen fourteen, and then there was a, a spell just before the break that I think they had a they had a penalty. We had a yellow card, and then they had a try, and it made it made it two scores. We were always chasing, you know. Even though we got back into it, we were always chasing. But um, I think from a Donny perspective, I think obviously they've had a a lot of people have been been talking them up, uh, rightly so. They've like I say they've been in the tight race before. Probably didn't have the the greatest of seasons last year. And that although they've probably been there or thereabouts in the table this year, they probably haven't strung together the performances that they would have wanted. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not putting words in their mouth. I think they probably agree there. And they kind of needed a statement win. I think they've got that um, by coming down to our place. And I, I think staying second and now a couple of points behind Ealing with their shock loss, I think it, that could really galvanise them. You know, fair play, I thought, uh, especially their back five of the scrum were absolutely superb on, on the day. Um, Jack Digby looks a, a really good pickup from from Ealing, obviously. He, he was he was excellent, uh, as were the whole back row and the two second rows. Um, but yeah, like back, back to us, I think uh, we did take something from the game, which I think is always important, even if you have an off day to pick up a point, uh, a bit like Kov got a, a try bonus point and and playing some good stuff and you know we've spoken about a lot of change again I think all, all championship clubs have it but uh we're probably more settled than we were this time last year and although we've lost you know another game at home I think we're still in a better place than we were last year and, and I still think that we can go on a on a decent run after Christmas like we did last year so it's not panic stations for us I think we're pretty disappointed with how we played um and obviously We'll talk about it later on, but you know, doesn't get much tougher next up against a, an Ealing side that will be uh, breathing fire, no doubt. But you know, we'll be we'll be on the backlash as well, probably because we weren't we weren't happy with how we played. But we'll, like I say, we'll come on to that in a minute. There was just a, well, there's obviously four games. Coldy and Bedford was postponed. That'll be replayed, uh, I believe, in the new year, January or February time. Um, it was nearly a, a, a clean sweep of surprises. Not Nottingham have been fantastic, playing some unbelievable stuff. Still managed the bonus point try, which is important. So they got their full five, but only just seeing off Cambridge, who I, who I think were were right in it right until the very last play of the game. Yeah, that was on the Friday night, wasn't it? And we were following along on Twitter. We were discussing in our Champ Club podcast group. When, when something's going on, Ross will just put the name of the club and eyes emojis. And about half time, I just got Cambridge eyes. So I went and looked what was going on. And although they didn't get the win, and I think only to take one point from it. I feel like this could be a real moment for Cambridge because it sounds like, like you said, it's the first game they've been truly competitive in the whole way, apart from Ampt on the opening day. Um, so since then, they've had a, quite a tough run of games. Nottingham are not an easy easy team to play. I've, I've spoken a lot in this podcast about how highly I rate Nottingham this season. So for them to push them that close, a huge moment for them. And they probably will have been gutted that there was no game this weekend. You want to build on that momentum of being in the game and try and get into another one straight away. So great signs for Cambridge without the results. I think they'll take a lot of positives from that. From Nottingham, it sounds like it was probably their first poor performance of the season. It sounds like they were far, far, far from their best. But the important thing is they took the five points. If you want to be in that top four discussion without being disrespectful to Cambridge, that's got to be a game where you're aiming for five points. And if you miss out on them, you, that could cost you come, come the end of the season. So that's the main thing for Nottingham is they took their five points and they're still in that top four, top five discussion, which is where they want to be. 
Absolutely. And uh, we come into to this week's round of fixtures and we'll start with probably the headline fixture of the round, which is Nottingham, who we've just spoken about. And they're, they're playing Bedford, who haven't been in action now for, for three weeks or two for some of the other sides. Um, you know, I think both teams have <clears throat> marketed it pretty well on, on social media. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a game worth watching if it was, uh, if there was live, live streams, no, no catty comments here from me, but that would be the game they would have picked this week because it's, there's going to be some cracking rugby on display. I probably jinxed it now. It'll be six all, but yeah, you just hope there's good weather. I don't know what the forecast is for this weekend, but let's have some dry weather and not a big win. So these two teams will get the ball in the hand and run with it because they are great fun to watch. There'll be a lot of tries, a lot of high quality play. So fingers crossed, this is uh, good weather, not ruined by the classic British winter. And to be honest, I've got 24 hours or so to get my. Um, my prediction is sorted for this one, and I have absolutely no idea which way to go on this one. This is incredibly tough to call. Um, I just think this will be a great game, and hopefully, like I said, I hope the weather stays true. But, yeah, I think tough for Bedford to go into this game having not played for three weeks now. I think they'll be ruining the fact that that Calder game was off last week. Um, not going to be desperate to get out there and put a better performance together than they did against Cambridge. But I think this is going to be a sensational game of rugby. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to to seeing the uh, the highlights and the uh, inevitable Bedford Blues try the week nomination, shall we say? Um, two other sides that haven't played for for a little while as well. Amdil Coldy. Um, is it is it lazy of me to assume that will just be an, an attritional affair? No, uh, because it's true. Anytime you play Coldy, it's attritional. Um, Amtel playing some brilliant stuff this year. I obviously keep a keen eye on their highlights. Uh, I haven't been there for three seasons. I've got a lot of love for the place. Um, but the one thing that will be turning Coldy's eyes, Coldy have a very, very strong mall. And from what I've seen and read and read in reports, etc., the one place Amtel may be struggling, they're playing some of the best rugby they've played in the league this time, um, so far. But the one place they are struggling a little bit is teams are getting some success. The mall against them, it seems. They're, they're conceding two or three more tries a game at the moment. So they'll be, I'm sure they will have been working hard the last few weeks to fix that, but Coldy will be eyeing that up. They've got a very, very strong mall, Coldy. Uh, I saw online as well, this is free entry uh, this week at Amptil. So if you are in the Bedfordshire area, this will be a great advert for Champ Rugby. It's always a good game against Coldy. We've always played, it's high scoring games when Coldy come to Amptil. Like we were 24-7 down at half time last year and won, I think, 40-something, 30-something. So it's always a good game. So if you are in the Bedfordshire area on Saturday and looking for some good rugby, it is free and it's a great club. So get down to Hampton and have a watch. Excellent plug there from you, mate. And uh, yeah, just uh, perhaps a, a plug for myself uh, in terms of more defence. There's there's someone on the Championship Clubs podcast. We know that the likes of Maul and uh, yeah, there's, uh, just give him a shout. But on to, uh, on to other fixtures, there's uh, Cambridge and Coventry. It's an interesting one, that, because Coventry will be... Smart and they'll be on the backlash. We'll talk about backlashes later on with our pod head to head. But Cambridge are, are looking for that first win. They're getting closer, seemingly on the road when they are getting closer. But you know, it's always going to be a banana skin all season. And and Coventry, they're going to need to sort of keep the process and try not to overplay and chase that win too early, aren't they? Yeah, Cambridge. Every time I've seen them this year, they're they're in the game at half time. Normally, they don't go away easily or quietly. It's normally in the last third, last quarter, the teams are amassing the points. Um, so if one of those things, if Cambridge can stay in touch, especially with Cov's loss last week, Cov will start to get a little bit touchy, a little bit nervous. It's natural. So um, Cambridge will be eyeing this as a chance to potentially stay in the game and work, play on those nerves if they can. Cov will just be talking about, I'm sure, Alex Ray's a very good coach. Coventry have a lot of very good players, a lot of experienced players, the Will Chudleys, Matt Kovezics of this world. They've been in teams where you have a surprise loss. 
you've got to go back to what you do well. And I was reading Alex Ray's, um, his not his program notes, but his um, notes on social media this week, interview with him through the Kov website of how he said last week was some of the best training they've seen. They got another game. They're desperate to get back out there again. So I think this will either go one or two ways. I think it'll be a very nervy close one, or I think Cambridge could feel the wrath of Kov coming off the back of a surprise, uh, surprise loss. So it'll be interesting how this one goes. Yeah, and another interesting one for me is Hartbury Scottish, obviously the one of the other fixtures, but both teams have got an opportunity there to kick on. They both both with the, the surprise results. Hartbury obviously at home will be expected to win. I'm sure I'm sure that's where your prediction will go. But London Scottish for me, I think that win is a massive surprise, but although they've they've not played or not not got the results that they wanted so far this season. They were so good at the end of last year to get themselves out of trouble. I just feel like they have that in them to 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 con- to go on a bit of a run, even if it's you know two games in a row. So I think um, I think Hartbury will be very wary of them at the weekend. Yeah, this would be a really really interesting. It's actually a fascinating round of games uh, this weekend, both with the matchups and where everyone is in the league currently. I think with this one, it's quite a easy cop out, but it's very hard to predict Hartbury and Scottish, and especially when they play each other before you see the teams on a Friday, because they obviously both have huge relations, obviously Scottish with Quinns, Hartbury with Gloucester and Bristol, etc. That You don't know which dual edges, which um, which lonies are going to be in or out. So when I make the predictions on a Thursday, when there's Friday games, it's always a little bit of a heart and mouth moment when the team's quite out of Friday at midday. So that'll have a huge say on how this game goes, which dual edges they have, how much they've trained in the last few weeks. But I think this will be a fascinating game. And as you say, both clubs will be looking to really kick on after big and shock wins last week. Yeah, and uh, well, going into the, the pod head-to-head to um, two sides that, like we said earlier on, looking to to respond to disappointing defeats and, and on the backlash. Ealing are never a side you want to face on the backlash, but perhaps an argument as well that, you know, a good time to face them on the back of a loss. So over to you in the green and white corner, mate. Well, how's things uh, looking, do you think, from your side? Yeah, the huge Championship Club podcast derby. Last year, we had the Kelsey Bowl, the Super Bowl, didn't we, where we had the Kelsey Bowl. We did. This one's even bigger. <laughs> this one will have the uh, the attention of the, well, the world sporting media in the same way, I have no doubt. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, we were obviously gutted with the result, but more so our performance uh, last week and have very much gone on a week, a week last week where we focused on ourselves and this year, the, sorry, and then this week, the usual prep of prepping for an opponent and Although a disappointing loss for you boys last week, Cornish Pirates are a very, very good side. They always are. And I've played against Pirates enough through the years in my time at Jersey, my time at Amptill. You cannot turn up to play Cornish Pirates and not be on it 100% physically. So if we turn up with anything less than our 100% physicality and energy, which is what we did against Scottish, we'll be in for a tough day. Obviously, if we do turn up with that, which you'd hope we would, and we're, we're planning to, we'll always back ourselves at home and, and want to take a win. But this is one of the biggest games... In the league, I think Ealing, obviously, top of the table, last few years, consistently top one, top two. But Cornish Pirates are consistently and have been for many, many years one of the best sides in the championship and one of the hardest teams to play, both home and away. So I think it'd be a great, great game. Um, and almost one of those where when you come off the back of a tough loss that you weren't expecting, you want a game that's a real challenge, even if you hadn't. Even if we were coming off a win last week, this would be a hugely challenging game. So... It's not hard to get up this in any way, sense or form. This is Ian Trail as Cornish Pirates. This is huge. Um, how's things in your camp? Yeah, I agree with the last thing you said there, actually. I think the, the, the best the best thing to do after a you know, after a difficult 
loss is to is to play another difficult team and another challenging team. Um, I've spoken to you off air a couple of times about some of the the key boy, boys that we've been missing in recent weeks. Obviously, um, Kyle Moore's return to to fitness is is a is a big boost, and he played he got eighty minutes under his belt and a try against against Donny and and John Stevens as well, our captain, who's played so. Um, you know, two important leaders and quality players there for us. And obviously the news um, in the off weeks that, that we've re-signed Robin Wedlake, which is obviously, you know, very exciting for us. Um, someone I know that was, you know, looking to, to push on in his career by joining Jersey. And, and obviously it's very sad what happened <clears throat> to them and for him personally, but great to be able to welcome him back and just great to have a player of his quality at our disposal. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a free hit, Necessarily, because we we're competitive, we'd like to target victory in every game. But yeah, we're well aware of of the the magnitude of the task. It's going to be very difficult. Um, like I say, Ealing coming into the game on the back of a defeat. Um, but yeah, we 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 know we've you know it's not like we've never beaten Ealing before. We know we've if if we front up physically and, and Ealing have an off day, there's there's every chance. So we've we've prepared well, we've prepared hard, and and, and we're going up there fully focused, hoping to to take something from the game and um, you know, it should be a, it should be a cracker for the neutral if, if anyone's in the area to watch it. Um, yeah. And, and, and look, look out for the scores on, uh, on, on social media, but uh, just, just before we end the show there, mate, I think obviously it's a bit early to call it a, you know, a half term report, if you like, because the championship cup uh, premiership rugby cup, sorry, I should say started um, earlier in the season. So obviously the clubs have played sort of half a season's worth of games but we've still got plenty of championship action just sort of get your guys on what you think is you know the the, the lay of the land in the championship at the moment and what you expect to see in the new year I think it's potentially one of the most fascinating seasons we've had in a long time because there's obviously unfortunately um, the side who finished bottom won't think it's unfortunate but there's no relegation which I always think takes a little bit of spice out of the bottom end, like we had a proper dogfight between Richmond and Scottish last year, didn't we? And it was fascinating that those last three or four games we were all waiting on ten hooks to see the, see the results. That won't happen this year. Whoever finishes bottom, it, it doesn't matter this year per se. So that's a shame. Um, the, obviously, the whole league, I think, has been tinted and shocked by the loss of Jersey and the league in general is still recovering from that. But I think it's a fascinating one, the fact that it, coming into Christmas, we, we're going to have a title race. Like Ealing and Donny are going to be within each other's one win of each other, most likely going into Christmas. So, so that's huge. I think the battle for the top four has probably never been more competitive. Like I think genuinely Ealing and Donny have spoken about there, but then you're going to have Coventry who will be wanting to be in the title race still. And then you're going to talk about Pirates, Bedford, Nottingham, Amptill off the top of my head, who are all going to want to be in that top four. Like, Amtel might sound strange, but you, you go back and look at those start of the season predictions. That I'm sorry, Pirates, I'm looking at you, not even said, and Pirates obviously in there as well. So there's a load of teams are going to be, but like, like I said about Amtel, Morgan Strong, club captain, know Morgan very well, has gone out there and saying they want to be a top three, top four sides. Amtel definitely want to put themselves in there as well. And the way they've played the start of this season, you can see why, like they're showing a lot of quality. So there's off the top of my head, there's seven teams there who all quite rightfully and understandably would expect a top four finish this year. So I think that makes it fascinating. I think it's going to be so, so tight. Where in the past, it's may have been tight top four, top five. I think you're going to see a seven, eight-way race for that top four this year, which is really, really interesting. And I think a great thing for the league. So I think it's in a great place there. 
I'm not going to get into um, the state of the game sort of stuff. As you said, at the start of the pod, we've got a separate episode coming up on that where probably going to have hopefully a guest who's a little more informed, a little less emotional than me to speak about it, maybe a little more succinctly than I would just come here and shout and rage like I do. Um, but I think the league, rugby-wise, is in a great place. I think you look at the quality of player in the league this year as well. There is some absolutely outstanding international rugby players playing in Champions Rugby this year, like... Billy Twelve Trees is a British and Irish line is going out in the championship week in, week out. And I'm with Bill every day. He's not Bill isn't taking his foot off the gas in any way, shape, or form. I play with Gil at, uh, Gil. Who's Gil? I play with Bill at Gloucester. I've played with him now at Ealing. He's the exact same professional, taking exact same seriousness. And you look at the other premiership quality that's come down, not just at Ealing, they're the obvious ones to say, but Coventry, Carl Moore with yourself, Doncaster have signed some great players. So I think the quality of player has never been higher. I think the quality of rugby has never been higher. I think probably the quality of competition has never been higher. So from a rugby point of view, I think the league is in a great, great place. I just hope that, and like I say, it'll be addressed more in the next podcast that comes out, that the off-field stuff can get in the same place soon and we can we can flourish together. And with that in mind and, and talking about the, the premiership as well, we'll just finish up on this point, is... Is it obviously that with this title race and that there has been it's been announced that should should the club finishing top of the championship be have their you know their house in order there could be this end of season playoff um, you know a two legger we know Doncaster can and they're in the title race we know that Ealing are going to be up there and they they have some options and and we'll we'll hear more about that probably in the new year but obviously those sides have got to focus on themselves can can you afford to as those sides look at, you know, the bottom end of, of the premiership and uh, as well as that question as a neutral, do you, do you think that there is a possibility, a real possibility, as I do, that the top of the championship could well turn over whoever finishes bottom of the premiership over two legs? Yeah, I think it, to, to answer the first part of your question, I don't think you can afford to look past winning the next game in the championship or finish top of the championship because I think the moment you start looking at who's bottom of the premiership or like that, I think you're asking to lose championship games. So I think you can't afford to do that if you're an Ealing, a Donny, a Cov potentially. Um, the second part of your question, do I think those championship clubs would, with that much at stake, with that much to play, you look at who's bottom of the premiership currently in Newcastle, do I think they would be very, very excited at the... the prospect of having a crack at beating Newcastle over two legs. Yeah, I think they'd be all over that. I think they'd be hugely excited. I think we, we all saw Alex Codling's interview recently. Newcastle are not in the best health currently. Like that, No one's making any secret of that. Uh, the head coach coming out and openly admitting it, they're very much in a rebuild phase. And you could see that being a very, very interesting two-way, sorry, two-legged competition. Now, we said earlier, if they have the house in order, when you read the ins and outs of what having your house in order means, it's very, very tough for any of these championship clubs to meet the criteria. Um, so when we get to that point in the season, if that playoff happens, we'll be fascinated to see. But in the hypothetical world, we'd hope that whoever wins the champ would play, whoever's bottom of the Premier. That, 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 by the way, is not definitely going to be Newcastle. Like, I have no doubt there are a lot of good players on that Newcastle side. There are a lot of good coaches at Newcastle. Newcastle, I do believe, will come good in this season. I really think they will. Who will finish bottom of the Premiership is anyone's guess. It would be a fascinating thing to see. And my one of the best games in sport, I think, is the access game in France between the top 14 and the Pro D2, where this happens every year. They You play over two legs, or I think it's only one leg in the access game, but you play for the spot in the top 14. And I do think that would be the correct way to do it between the Premiership and Championship. Whether that happens, we'll see. 
We will see indeed, mate. Exciting times. Thanks as always, mate, for your for your time this weekend. Hopefully, we'll get to catch up at the weekend. Um, yeah, if you out. see anyone fighting in the stands at, <laughs> at Trailfinders Sports Ground this weekend, it's me and me and Ross. It absolutely wouldn't be us. No chance. Too much love. Too much love. Um, yeah, like we say, uh, a, a bonus edition of a, of the pod coming soon. Uh, we'll be talking about the the game in in broader terms, the lay of the land. So look out for that. Keep an eye on uh, on the socials for Charlie's predictions. Team of the week. Give us a follow, uh, and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. That was the Championship Clubs podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 